I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Good afternoon and TJIF, this is the COB, all the stuff you need to know in the day in business and markets. My name's Kyle Rodder and let's just see where the market is finished because, well, in fact, we're about 45 minutes away from the end of the day's trade and it's not too good, it has to be said, off by, well, around 1% at different stages for the day. At the moment, the ASX 300 down by 0.97%, the CBO 200 off by a similar margin. Um, but earnings continue to roll through, although we're uh, obviously getting to the, well, end of the reporting season. Let's start with Ardent Leisure. It has reported a consolidated net profit after tax of $664.7 million, supported by a $682.4 million gain on the sale of main event entertainment. Stripping out the sale, Ardent says EBITDA from continuing operations rebounded 91%, but still posted a loss of $4.6 million. Earnings were also impacted by one-off specific items, including the $26 million class action related to what the company calls its dream world incident. The business said its revenues were supported by its theme park and attractions business, with the company saying it is now solely focused on this segment. The company says it will not pay a dividend, but will launch an on-market share buyback of 10% of issued capital. In the mining space, Pilbara Minerals has posted a $2.4 billion profit and says it's looking to boost production in the year ahead. The number was underpinned by full-year revenue of $4.1 billion, more than tripling from a year earlier and driven by an increase in price and volumes of spodumene concentrate. For the year ahead, the company says it sees continued strong demand with some ongoing pricing volatility. It also says it will pay a fully franked final dividend of 14 cents per share. The stock has tumbled though today, so investors not liking necessarily what it what they received from Pilbara. Moving on now to electronic conveyancing business Pexar, it has posted a loss of $22 million from a gain of the same amount last year. The company reported underlying revenue of $281.7 million, a modest 1% increase. However, the company posted a net loss after tax of $21.9 million. Pexa maintained a group operating EBITDA margin of 34.8%, potentially indicating a baseline for future performance. No dividend was declared this period. Another company that saw its share price fall today. But in better news, Aussie Broadband has posted record revenues and earnings in FY23. Aussie's revenues increased 23.1% to $788 million and EBITDA rose to $89.6 million, driven by growth across all segments, but led by its wholesale business. On the outlook, Aussie said it sees ongoing strong demand for broadband services. The company has flagged a 12 to 13% increase in EBITDA on FY23. The company will not pay a dividend. And let's get to the big one for the day, West Farmers. It has lodged a near 5% annual profit boosted by strong performance in Bunnings Kmart and its chemicals, energy, and fertilizers units. The company's board of the company's board has announced a fully franked final dividend of just over 
$1 per share. Shareholders can expect to receive the final dividend on October 5. On the outlook, the company expects elevated inflation and higher interest rates to continue to impact customers who are trading down to lower priced retailers and products. And in fact, it was the stock of the day. Wes Farmers, here is what our guests had to say about whether they would buy, hold or sell the company's stock. really um, were very solid, um, exceeded expectations. I mean, Bunnings, especially in Kmart and um, office work. So, you know, it's uh, impressive. Look, on, on the chart, you can see there, it's been tracking sideways. It still needs to technically get above those previous highs. The question is, will it? I'm not quite sure about that right now. It's definitely a hold for me at, at this stage. Um, you know, I wouldn't be aggressively buying with the outlook statement as well, just going forward with the economy. So I'd be very cautious. And I probably would have said previously you'd like to pick this up around $40, but I think you probably have to revise that a bit higher. Some of the businesses have just outperformed. So, um, but at the moment, this price, you'd, you'd be able to hold. Okay, so that was Dave Novak there and Daniel Ortiz giving us their view on West Farmers. But let's get to, well, as I always do at this time of the week or roughly this time of the week, Dr. Shane Oliver from AMP. Uh, to wrap things up, of course, um, Dr. Oliver, thank you so much for uh, your time as always. Uh, we may as well start with earnings season so far. And well, we had a bit of a pulse check with you last week. Uh, with the week that's just come uh, under our belt, how are things looking? Because I guess mixed still remains the uh, word that a lot of people are using. That's right. I, I think it's, it's often the case that as you go through reporting season, things deteriorate a little, a little bit, and that's what we've seen. If you go back uh, two weeks ago, uh, we were seeing many more companies surprised on the upside than on the downside, whereas on my count for the last week, or now for the reporting season to date, and we're now about 90% done, uh, it's been pretty even. In fact, on my count, the 36% of companies below expectations uh, compared to 37% above expectations. If you look at the chart there that's just been, been put up, you can see that, uh, that yes, there has been companies raising their profits compared to a year ago. We've seen something like 58% of companies reporting profits up on a year ago. That's the blue line. But that's down on the longer-term average, which is about 63%. And the more worrying thing is that the proportion of companies raising their dividends has fallen to 43%. Uh, and the long-term norm is about 58%. That's the red line in that chart there. So you've seen a lot, a bit of loss of momentum there. The other thing to note, and consistent with that, is that when I go through all the companies in terms of what their share price did on the day they reported, we're seeing about 47% of companies outperform, 53% underperform. Whereas normally it's the other way around. The companies tend to, you see more companies outperforming the market on the day they release their results. And I think that's consistent with results overall being a little bit on the softish side. The other thing to note is that expectations of profit growth have generally been revised down. So yes, things have been not as bad as feared, uh, but uh, company outlook comments have been on the cautious side. Uh, particularly from retailers. If you dig deep into the West Farmers numbers there, 
Um, you see signs of softening. They're referring to signs of softening in Bunnings. And in Kmart, they're doing okay because they're, they're picking up rich people who would normally go somewhere else, now going to Kmart to look for a discount. So that's not a sign of strength in the economy. That's a sign of, uh, of weakness. So uh, consequently, the consensus for earnings growth this financial year has fallen to about minus 5%. Um, and I suspect that that's uh, probably were uh, yeah, probably a reasonable interpretation, but overall results okay. But you know you are seeing that softening at the edges, particularly recently, and that's flowing through to those expectations for the current financial year. Yeah, okay, so uh, not too bad in the last twelve months, but maybe deteriorating from here. We'll we'll have to wait and see. Cautious, if nothing else. Um, but let's just talk about what we've got coming up over the next twenty four hours, because well, it seems to um, potentially involve um, well some of the really big themes that uh, we've been trying to digest in the markets the last couple of weeks, which is this sort of bond market volatility, uh, sort of speculation about where interest rates could go and eventually land and maybe even stay in the future. We've got the Jackson Hole Symposium. Uh, are you expecting sort of fireworks potentially? Uh, in Wyoming this weekend? Look, pro- probably not. I-, I know there's a lot uh, of excitement around Jackson Hole, partly because I think Operation Twist was flagged there. That was a while ago now. And also, from my memory, QE2, I think, was flagged there Um quite a while ago as well. So that's why Jackson Hole sort of generates a bit of excitement. But I can't see uh, Powell or Lagarde saying anything too radical. Uh, This this rise in bond yields that we've seen over the last few months is a de facto tightening in monetary conditions. I don't think the Fed will be wanting to add to that tightening by sounding too too hawkish, Uh, particularly given those PMIs we've seen this week which for both Europe and the US were on the soft side uh, with an ongoing downtrend in price uh, components within those surveys. So my feeling is that it'll be more of the same. They will say, yes, we might have to do more, but it really depends on the data and so far so good, leaving the impression that they're probably at this point in time uh, going to leave interest rates on hold for their September meetings. One final question, and because we are a bit time strapped today, I uh, just uh, wanted to ask about the week ahead. We do have, obviously, uh, some GDP partials rolling through. We'll also have a speech um, from Michelle Bullock, who, of course, uh, is only really weeks away now from taking the reins at the RBA. Mm. So, I mean, when you're thinking about the RBA, uh, the, the, the Australian macro backdrop, uh, the growth pulse, as well as uh, policy from here, I mean, what are your current thoughts? Look, I, I think that the basic picture is one of slowing growth in Australia, easing inflationary pressures. Nothing's going to go in a straight line. Uh, so, you know, you still can't rule out further rate hikes. Uh, that speech by Michelle Bullock is going to be on chi- climate change in the economy or climate change in central banks or something like that. But obviously there, there might be question time and she might have an opportunity to comment on current economic conditions. But I, I don't think she's going to divert from the message that Lowe has put out that, yes, they might have to do more, um, but obviously that's very data dependent. And obviously there's a big piece of data this week, the CPI on Wednesday, I think it is, uh, which will, uh, these things come around very quickly. It's like we're sort of on this treadmill these days. You get a, a week off and then you're back to it. CPI's out and then the, then the RBA. But uh, that, that CPI, I think, will probably show a bit of upwards momentum uh in in the quarterly sorry the monthly increase um and we're looking for a rise of 5.5 percent up from 5.4 percent um that's mainly because of higher electricity prices the the consensus i think though is a further fall to 5.2 percent because the argument is yes electricity prices went up but subsidies will offset that 
So it remains to be seen. But what, whatever it is, I, I don't think that CPI will be enough to upset the apple cart and tip the Reserve Bank into another hike uh, come September. I think it will be consistent with an ongoing downtrend in inflation uh, and therefore seeing the RBA remain on hold as is also consistent with last week's jobs data and wages data. Dr. Oliver, uh, far briefer than I would typically like it to be, but uh, we're on a tight time schedule today with the last call. So really appreciate you, uh, well, obviously, uh, coming and discussing the world of markets with us today. Uh, we'll do it again soon, of course. Dr. Shane Oliver from AMP. Sounds good. Thanks, Kyle. Take care. Okay, uh, let's get just a very quick look on what we can look forward to over the next week or so. Jackson Hall Symposium, that'll be over the next couple of days. And we do have a speech tonight from uh, Chairperson Jay Powell, as well as uh, President Lagarde there of the ECB, um, Governor of BOJ, Oweda, will also be delivering a speech over the course of the weekend. Uh, as we just spoke about, RBA Governor-designate uh, Michelle Bullock will speak, but it will be on climate change and central banks. So perhaps nothing uh, too uh, significant there from a policy point of view, but you can always expect that if there's questions involved, I'll try and uh, pepper her with a few curly ones. And uh, as you can see there too, Australia CPI, GDP partials going into GDP data the week after. China manufacturing figures, PMI surveys will be absolutely crucial. And last but not least, as we speculate about the path for US monetary policy, potentially even another lift off in inflation, we have US non-farm payrolls and PCE index data. Okay, and uh, there's a final look uh, for the day on the COB, uh, the market, uh, at the market, the CBO 200 down by 1.1%. As you can tell, a negative day, it would seem that uh, the ASX 200 is going to be down by the same amount for the week, about 0.6%. So fairly negative there, unfortunately, but so it goes. Okay, well, that's going to do it for the COB and, uh, well, our typical program for the day. But, of course, it's the last Friday of the month, so stick around. We do have the last call coming up next. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.